Lecture Topic 24th Ramadan Zohar Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala Rasulihil Karim amma ba'd Continuing with the discussion about controlling anger Yesterday we started off discussing one incident but the topic went away somewhere and that incident wasn't completed the incident was about Ali bin Hussein radiallahu an the son of Hazrat Hussein radiallahu ta'ala an his son Ali who was known as Imam Zainul Abidin so we were talking about the incident where he was making wudu his slave was pouring the water and that utensil the jug or whatever fell and spilled the water on him and he got upset in that moment so the slave said to him wal kaawimin al ghayz relating to the ayat of the quran sharif where allah taala praises those who suppress their anger and on this note he discussed about that this is the a slave advising the master so now we find it very difficult to take advice from somebody who we think is our equal or somebody who is our junior but here despite being the owner the master but as soon as he heard this he responded and he responded and said kawam to ghaizi i have complied i have suppressed my anger now who is telling him to suppress the anger is his slave and on the turn on the spot and this is a matter of anger it's emotion but on the spot he is responding positively because it is correct advice and this is advice of the quran sharif obviously so this was the aspect that we were also discussing yesterday that if somebody corrects us about something and what he is saying is fine in itself or there is one of two situations either that we have meaning that is applicable to us as a result of something that we are deficient in or we have some problem in some matter like for example now a person has uh, an anger issue so now somebody is advising him that you must control your anger It is possible somebody has a very very cool temperament he is rarely ever heard even raising his voice let alone having an outburst let alone talking in a uh, abrupt manner in a harsh way never heard ever doing that on rare occasion somebody must have heard him raise his voice now somebody is saying to him you must control your anger so the thing is that what was said to him was it anything wrong with it nothing wrong with it as for him to consider it if it applies to him what was told to him meaning it's something that he needs to address he must address it and if it was nothing to really nothing applicable to him as such so fine no harm done somebody gave him advice but the point in this was what often becomes the situation is that when somebody starts correcting us before that person even finished saying something 
we are already jumping to our defense in some way or the other. Sometimes it might be that what the person was saying doesn't really apply to us and very often it applies to us. Very often it will apply in some way or the other. But the point, the issue is that the pride comes in the way. Why should I accept correction from this person? Now this is a very serious matter. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salaam has described pride. What is pride? What are the elements of pride? Al-Kibru Batarul Haq Wa Nas Rejecting the truth. Now somebody, what somebody has said is correct, so it must be accepted. If it's applicable, we'll apply it. If it's not applicable, he still didn't do us any harm. He did us a favor. On this note, the one incident which many times is mentioned, one of Hazrat Ali's very close attendants, the Chaki Ali is one very close Khadim, he mentioned once, there were just two or three of them in the room with Hazrat. Three or four maximum. And the one topic that Hazrat used to talk about repeatedly, especially in the latter part, when he had compiled the little booklet, the four actions which has been translated in the name of the four actions to acquire the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, acquire the love of Allah Ta'ala. So in there are the four things which Hazrat described as his, inshallah we will Normally we always read that in this time. We started off with this, Allah Ta'ala will, that this should be the thing we commence with, but we'll try and make some time, inshallah, to read that once more before the etikaf is over, inshallah. So the four things that Hazrat mentioned in there, that this is his lifetime experience, years and years of experience, that people bring these four things in place, then the road to Wilayat is open. Some people have a lot of difficulty in two external aspects. But once this is, the step is taken, there's nothing difficult about it. It's just that a person now feels some difficulty because of the society that he's in, the company that he keeps, the family perhaps situation, whatever it might be. So the two external things, which mashallah Allah has blessed us with the tawfiq, one is that having a first full beard or not trimming it to less than a first. If it is naturally growing lesser than that, then that's obviously person not trimming it. But not to trim it to lesser than a first length. This is not, it's generally termed as sunnat. It's sunnat in the sense that it is the way of Rasulullah But as far as its classification is concerned, it is wajib. So sunnah in its broad meaning means the way of Rasulullah That's the initial meaning. In fact, that's the original and the, the actual meaning. The Sunnah of Rasulullah now will include things of all the various categories, categories which the Fuqaha have made. For our ease, and for our understanding, that this is part of the first category, this is part of the wajib category, this is the Sunnah, this is Mustahab, this is Nafil. That is for the ease of the Ummah to understand what is the classification in terms of its position in Sharia. But the Sunnah of Rasulullah is an all-encompassing thing which encompasses every aspect of the life of Nabi Whether then that 
falls into the wajib category or the mustahab category that is a sec- separate discussion so it is generally termed as sunnat but it falls it's, so the sunnat means in this manner it's referred to as sunnat but it is wajib it is wajib which can be translated simply as compulsory so now one is a person now brings this into order the other is keeping his garments above his ankles applying to males obviously that keeping the garments above the ankles so these are the two external things because this too has been very greatly emphasized in the hadith sharif inshallah we will read through the book and the details will come there so these are the two external things and then the other two aspects that guarding the gaze and guarding the heart so this is a shortcut to wilayat now this doesn't require the footnote on it because this is now something we can very well understand that if somebody now says that this is enough for me I won't even bother doing anything else that's a completely wrong conclusion a complete misconception person who does these things together with whatever obviously the things are to be done what is to be refrained from now there are do's and there are don'ts people have a battle with some do's but if the person who is battling with these external aspects he brings this in place the other do's are more easier for him and on the side of the don'ts in this zamana and era this is what people struggle with most illa mashallah the guarding of the gaze guarding of the heart person has brought this under control everything else is much easier so this is not the be all and end all but this is like the six points we talk about in jamaat bring this in your life and the rest of it will become easy so same thing applies here so now this was an ongoing topic in fact at one time when this kitab was published initially so at that time there used to be three majlises in the day one morning then one in the afternoon one night and after every majlis somebody would be generally hazrat khadim hazrat mir sahab rahmatullah alai he would stand up and give a khulasa of these four points in 5 minutes 7 minutes so now sometimes three times a day this thing is being explained and then that book was published and distributed so now this was such a commonly discussed topic so now this person is relating this incident he says once There's just three or four of us in the room David Hazrat and now he said and everyone that was present there had a full beard and not from yesterday from long and now Hazrat suddenly started talking at length about the importance of the beard now there's three four people present this is a topic they're listening to almost two three times every day and these are people who already have a first length beard and not something they started of doing few days ago for a long time and others talking at length suddenly to them addressing them about the importance of the beard now he says that that waswasa crossed my mind at that time after went in a little bit more detail that waswasa crossed my mind so waswasa repelled it but the waswasa crossed my mind but what's the need for going into such detail now All the people present here, everyone is, mashallah, got a full beard and nobody else is here. So what's the need for going into this detail? 
In any case, that time came, went, after some time, she's, whatever time had passed, some weeks, months, Allah knows. So one of the people who was in that room at that time, he says, one day we happened to be just sitting together and talking something. The person is saying to me, you remember the time when we were in the room together with Hazrat? And he suddenly started talking at length about the beard. I said, yes, I remember that. He says, I can't tell you that what overcame me. He says, a few days prior to that, or sometime prior to this discussion of theirs, I was suddenly something, shaitan, just suddenly assailed me. And I was, the temptation was so strong to go and shave my beard off. He says, but that time, this whole scene of that, now three times, five times a day, they're listening to it in the majlis. He said, that discussion in that room at that time, which was just addressed to the few of us there, that kept on flashing in front of me. And with the barakat of that, Alhamdulillah, I refrain from this, but otherwise, the chances are I would have gone and done it. Now, outwardly, it seemed like this was superfluous. What's the need for this now? Hearing it ten times already, and now there's nobody that's requiring this, so to say, here now. But we have no idea when that would become the means of some benefit to us, some safety for from some haram. So this is the message in this that these advices, these are things that we have to continue doing all the time. Taking the advice of whoever it may be. That advice, either it is something applicable to us or not, but if it's good advice, it's good advice. What harm was done to us? So coming back to that incident, so this person now, he is making wudu and the slave now pulled that water, so he got upset, so she said, al So he responded immediately. That I've complied. I've suppressed my anger. I've held it back. So she was very intelligent because she's a slave woman. She then went on. She said, but Allah Ta'ala says further, she read the next part of the ayat. Well, Afina anin nas. Quran Sharif doesn't stop at Walkazimin al Ghaiz. The Quran Sharif goes beyond that. Allah Ta'ala says, Well, Afina anin nas. Allah Ta'ala says, and praising those people who they restrain their anger and they forgive also. So he immediately responded. Now he's taking advice from his slave. He's the master. We find it hard to take advice if our wives gave us some piece of advice. So yeah, the only thing you know is to give long, long bayans. Or something or the other, there'll be some comment. Now he's taking it, he accepted it. He said, I've forgiven you. She went on. She said, Wallahu yuhibbul muhsineen. This narration is, Imam Bayhaqi rahimahullah has narrated this. That he, she then went on to recite the last part of the ayat. Allah Ta'ala loves those who make ihsan. Here in this particular place, the Mufassireen, many have translated this ihsan as inam. Then give something in reward as well or as a compensation of some sort, whatever the So he says, okay, I have done that as well. You are now free. Freeing a slave, we will not be able to understand it because there isn't any slavery anymore. But in that time, freeing a slave, for our understanding nowadays, 
is like a person he gave away some you know, cow of his some very valuable asset not something just by the way very valuable asset so he just on the spot did that because now she said Wallahu yuhibbul muhsineen so I need to take this advice I need to practice on it so on the spot on the turn he took that advice and he acted upon it he said you are free which was a very big thing at that time freeing one slave now this is what is this is what happens when that heart has been developed this doesn't happen by just thinking about something this doesn't happen now this was something on the spot there was no time to rehearse this no time to plan it okay I, this is the response I will give now a person now is planning and rehearsing his response this is what will be said so this is what I will say he got no time for all that this is happening on the spot and it's happening in a moment of emotion his anger has been provoked and yet the mind is so composed and he's able to respond in a positive way where this came from so this is the same the training that we speak about the person who has physically trained he can now carry that weight without difficulty this is an internal weight so now he's built his heart and now when he's built his heart he can carry this weight and he carried it without difficulty with ease and he responded correctly so now this is the effect of that heart being built and this very important aspect of controlling the anger was something very easily done further the discussion of controlling the anger وفي الحديث اتقوا الغضب فإنه جمرة تتوقد في قلب ابن آدم ألم تروا إلى انتفاخ أوداده وحمرة عينيه in the hadith sharif it is related that beware of anger beware of anger obviously this anger that is for the nafs so beware of anger because this is an ember it's a burning ember so it's a fire which burns in the heart of insan it's a fire so yes it's a fire Nabi Islam said don't you see how his veins suddenly start swelling don't you see the redness in his eyes this is all the effect of that fire eyes become red sometimes person's face becomes red and this is all the effect of that fire so now this is what we are being cautioned about that look don't let this become overwhelming suppress it it getting incited is not in our control but being suppressing it is something we can do depending on how much strength we have built up if a person hasn't made an effort then obviously that's going to be very difficult so just to re- repeat the message that was in all this and, and the, the, the treatment the treatment that we are talking about that this requires an effort listening about it once speaking about it once this is not going to 
be the cure in itself the treatment of the problem requires an effort this is the prescription and as we discussed what it requires is that a daily revision of this daily remembrance of it reading it so you we have these things written somewhere and now a person is reading it daily consciously meditating over it over 40 days over more now this becomes part of his system and he's able to now act upon it because this comes strongly to heart and mind and this itself repeating it this is kalam and nubuwwat these are the mubarak words of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam this has its own tremendous impact and effect now by daily reading them and allowing this to seep into his heart it strengthens the heart and at that time he is able to act upon it in this discussion there is something in between so this speaks about some of the mashayikh were known to be very stern they would reprimand those who had erred in some way sometimes reprimanding them very firmly strongly sometimes people see this and they think well this is maybe for me also or they start thinking about others in the light of their own situation so somebody has a anger problem for example and his anger problem is stemming out of his nerves now he sees somebody else he knows now what his problem now he sees somebody who is very stern he is now reprimanding someone so he thinks this person is also like me and he is also got an anger problem so then he starts making some well if he also got an anger problem so that i'm fine i don't really have to bother about it so he is now judging others upon his own condition so to highlight how wrong this can be and what a this this is something to totally avoid i'll give you an example here with maroom rahmatullah alayhi give maroom rahmatullah alayhi gives an example one person one shopkeeper he had one parrot the parrot was very talkative he used to talk a lot so he too used to be very he used to enjoy this Now this parrot used to talk so much so he used to enjoy this talk of the parrot it to keep him so to say company and the customers would come so they would hear this parrot also so now he'll keep the customers happy also so when the customer is happy then the shopkeeper is happy because it means the customer will keep coming so now this was keeping things going Now he used to sell all kinds of very very expensive oils now one day it happened that he had just left the shop for something and in that time one cat it saw some insect or whatever so it was heading towards that insect to pounce on the insect so as it ran towards that insect this parrot was loose around so it thought that this cat is coming to pounce on it so it suddenly rushed to one side it ended up knocking down one bottle of almond oil now expensive big bottle of almond oil the whole thing spilled it's very very expensive 
very valuable. So now when this person came back in, he saw that almond oil all spilled. And he realized that this is a, probably he saw some effects on the bird as well. That this is, this bird knocked it down. So in that anger, again the same problem of anger. So he got very upset. In that anger he picked up something and he knocked it on the head of that bird. Luckily world that the feathers of the bird on the head and it became so to say bald. So now it became bald number one, but then it became totally silent. Now after one day this person's anger also came a little bit to his senses, but now the bird is not talking. So now he's trying to make it talk in some way, giving it some things to eat, trying whatever he can, but days are passing, it's not saying one word. Now he realized his folly. Realized what I did was totally wrong. It was probably a mistake, whatever happened. But now the damage is done. Now the bird is sitting, it's bald, and it's also very silent. Many days passed like this. One day it happened that one customer came in. That customer was bald. As soon as this bird saw that bald customer, now it spoke. So many days had passed, weeks, perhaps months had passed, it didn't say one word. Now when he saw this bald customer, so he spoke immediately and said, seems you also dropped the almond oil, you also spilled the almond oil. So now that's why you are also bald. Now this is that qiyas. This was the analogy which was totally baseless. Because it became bald after dropping the almond oil and it got that shot on the head. He thought everybody who is bald is also the same. They have dropped something somewhere and as a result they might have got a shot on the head as well. And as a result they became bald. Now this is that baseless conclusion. So now people see sometimes the Mashaikh undertaking some steps in some way which may seem to us to be no different to what we are doing. Whereas it's worlds apart. What that person's intention is, how he is, despite what he might be apparently doing, what is the condition of his heart? So, Mashafri Thalvi Rahmatullahi, he was known to be very, very stern in the matters of Islam. As you see, somebody comes as my guest, comes as my guest, I will treat him the best. But he comes for Islam, I will then scrutinize every small bit of everything that I see. Every action of his, I'll scrutinize it. And I'll take him to task for it too. Because he's come for some purpose, so he must get that. In those days, people could digest it. One person, in the Khanqa now, he was there spending some time. So now it was, the masjid was more or less empty. Few people were there. One person was sitting somewhere in the middle. He was reciting Quran Sharif. Others were sitting somewhere in the back. And he was just observing, now it was a time everybody continued some amal. So this one person was sitting somewhere in the middle, busy making tilawat. And another person who now came in, maybe he finished or whatever he was doing and he came in, so he also needed to now continue with his amal. So he went and sat close by to this person who was making tilawat. In line with him, just close by, half a meter away, whatever. So now the masjid is fairly empty, few people are scattered here and there. Now he went and sat close by to this person. 
Sazat observed this, so he called him. He called him and asked him that, uh, what was the reason you were and sat right there next to that person? So he didn't have any answer. He says, but there's a question, so you should be giving an answer. So he says, I, no, there was, I just wanted to continue it, but then the masjid was empty, one is now, it's full, so now you found one gap somewhere, so you went and sat down in the gap. That's understood. But now that the masjid is empty, and somebody is busy with some amal now, he's busy with his tilawad, and somebody comes and sits close by, it's obviously going to turn his attention that this person, the whole masjid is empty, but he came and sat here, that he wants to tell me something, he wants to ask something, he has some issue. So now you have disturbed his work, he's busy with something, and you have caused a disturbance. Now to us, what's the big deal about this? But the deal in it is that this, Hazrat used to say that I don't look at the symptom. I look at the underlying issue. What gave rise to this? It is sometimes pride. It is sometimes sheer carelessness. So now it's not just one matter here. There's a carelessness in the person's, in his tabiat now. There's a carelessness in his, in his behavior. So this is not one single matter now, it's treating that root issue. Because this is something that came to light now, but this will be an ongoing thing. Today this, tomorrow that, every other day, repeatedly in the day, one thing or the other, and as a result causing some disturbance to this person, causing some disturbance to that person, and nothing in the mind about it too, because that carelessness has become the nature. So now that neglect, that carelessness has become the nature, so now the person doesn't even take heed that I hurt this person, I disturbed that person, I disrupted this person's work, he just carries on. So the need was to, to treat that, not just this external matter that is apparent right now. So he said, but this now disturbed the person. So now you cause this disturbance needlessly, and he was busy with tilawad. So he says, no, I made a mistake. She says, well, now you're saying you made a mistake. So if you made a mistake, so then now what's, what's the remedy for it? She so says, well, whatever Hazrat decides. He says, you made the mistake and I must decide. You decide what's good for you. So he says, well, he mentioned something. He says, well, that's, that's something so easy that you'll do it too and it won't even come to your mind that something, you know, this was as a result of some big mistake you made. Because like if somebody, there was once upon a time in Aligarh University, Aligarh University in India is a famous university, but the direction of it was in a little bit different. But in any case, the, once a, in once there was some per, person who was appointed as a principal who was a pious person. So he became very concerned now, these students are coming here, Muslim University, but they are careless about their salah, they are not concerned and so on, so he decided, no, no, we need to put this in place. So he decided to implement a penalty, that anybody misses their salah, they could have to pay in so much as a penalty. So now, in that zabana, whatever it was, for our purposes now, for example, we say five rands, every salah somebody misses, doesn't come in time, must his demand, he'll have to pay five rand penalty. 
Now there were some students studying there who were the children of Nawabs. These Nawabs were like mini kings. So now that was the penalty, five rands. So now these people, that wealth that they had at that time was mind-boggling. So now some of these fellows, they were lazy about their salah and they heard about now, well this is the penalty. So they worked out five rand times five in a day, that's twenty-five rand, times three hundred and sixty days in the year. Came and said, you want to pay it in advance. So that penalty became a joke for them. So it was a penalty, it became a joke. So a penalty is a penalty when it has some, some weight on the nafs, some pinch on the nafs. For somebody, that five rand two will be a pinch on the nafs. And for somebody else, it became a joke. So, I said, you are saying something which is so simple, what this is going to really change the situation. So eventually after a few things, he finally said, okay, I'll leave the Khanka. Now for somebody who had come from some distance, this was a very big thing. And in those days, this was something that used to be done from time to time. Somebody overstepped the mark once, twice, three times, the Khadim will be called, take his bedding and put it outside. Meaning, exit. Now the person will, he has to leave, and then he will, from outside, he'll be trying somehow to again ask for maaf and, but this was all a way of making that Islam, bringing that consciousness. So now when he said, okay, I'll go away from here. He said, okay, very good. Now you've understood something. So he accepted that, you must leave. But then he asked him now, on the one side, he's putting him through the paces, but then now he's making arrangements for him too. But you're going to go from here, where you're going to go to? Because he came from some far off distance. Now this was in Tanabon, almost a walking distance away was Jalalabad. Muhammad used to be based. So first he said, I will go to a certain place. He said, no, that's too far away. You go away to Jalalabad. Now he is sending him out because you need to learn a lesson. But at the same time, he's accommodating him too. You go there and you be there. You spend 10 days there, then you come back. So now he went. He went and spent those 10 days. And now he came back. Now that person who went through the paces for this, he came here to spend his time. He He's so eager to be there, he wants to be there, and now on this mistake he was sent out. Can we think this person for the rest of his life was ever careless about something like this? That he was not concerned about whether he's going to be disturbing somebody, whether he's going to be hurting somebody. This must have become a lesson engraved in his heart, which became a lesson for life. So now, these were the things that were done in order to create that Islam, to develop the heart, to make that Islam, to rectify those weaknesses, people were put through the paces in this manner. And this is how they finally reached that. And they were committed. They were committed, dedicated, committed. They were told to go out. They didn't think, well, fine, if I'm not needed here, there's many other places to go to. Do I have to become like one football here, be kicked around back and forth. I'm not required here, there's other places. They didn't think in that manner. They knew what they came for. They knew what their objective was. 
they were committed to getting their Islam made, so they accepted whatever came their way. But what was the end result of this? The incidents that we're discussing, these kind of reactions became natural. These kind of reactions then became natural. And the person then could take anything. Ufti Shafi Sabrahmatullah's incident we mentioned. How can this just work out naturally? Because they went through that. They built themselves. They trained themselves. So this is the lesson that the, the treatment. So we have to now, in our context now, this is our treatment. We need to give the time, give the dedication to it. Reading those hadith daily, imbibing that lesson in the heart. To the point that now this becomes part of our first nature. So we're talking about Sami Rahmatullah, actually this thought went away somewhere. He used to say that when I reprimand somebody, when I reprimand somebody, I'm sometimes putting somebody through some punishment, so to say. He says, but Alhamdulillah, though I would be even sometimes reprimanding the person sternly, but at that time, Alhamdulillah, my heart is still trembling. Allah Ta'ala is watching. I must not do something that will be crossing some line and at that time also I don't look down upon the person. Now is everybody's heart like this? See, even at that time, I, because it's haram to look down upon that person. It is haram to look down upon that person. So even at that time, I don't look down upon him. Now this sounds like a very ajeeb thing, how can this be? manageable. A person is in a position of superiority, so to say, authority, and he's reprimanding a junior, he's reprimanding somebody who is his junior in so many ways, and he's not even looking down upon the person has made a big mistake, and he's feeling, he's not looking down at, his, at him in any way. How can this be? So just to give an example as well. Says so in the previous times, the kings used to sometimes appoint uh, who used to be called the Bhangi. The Bhangi was the person who was the bucket carrier. He used to also be appointed as the Jallad. That is, somebody had to be lashed. Now as a, whatever crime the person committed, so now the job of that Bhangi would be also, he was the executioner, so to say. He would come and meet out the punishment. And I say, now supposing, that the prince now started getting out of hand. So now the king is trying to sort him out, but he is just not. So one day the king got very upset, called the Jallad. Now who's the Jallad? The Jallad is the Bhangi, he is the bucket carrier. And he has now been instructed, you lash this fellow, give him ten lashes. Now who's the person he has to lash? He has to lash the prince. And who is he? He is the Bhangi, the bucket carrier. He says at that moment he is lashing the prince. Would there be even the slightest waswasa in his heart? That I am now greater than the prince, I am better than the prince, because I am lashing him. Rather his hand will be trembling. I hope I don't overdo it, because then I will become the victim of the wrath of the king. But after all he is the prince. So now yes, I am being instructed to punish him, but I am still the bhangi, and he is still the prince. Others will give this example. Subhanallah, this is the heart of the Ahlullah. 
that he gave such an example about himself, he's putting himself so to say in that position, whereas Allah blessed him with such a high maqam, but this was the heart, this is how they thought about themselves. Though I am reprimanding somebody for his benefit, but I am not better than him. I am still what I am. Though Allah had given them such great honor, position, status, and they were such great personalities in every regard. But the lesson for us is, number one, we don't jump to conclusions by observing things on the surface. We don't know the reality behind the scenes. So we sometimes, senior personalities, etc., we might see something and we now start jumping to conclusions. That's a very dangerous thing for us. It's not going to harm anybody else, but it will harm us. So we should be very, very cautious in this regard. One more hadith in this regard as the ilaj of ghazab, the ilaj of anger. Once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there was one Sahabi Abu Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. So he is relating, he says that I was punishing a slave of mine. This was, they were in this early days learning still. So all these things were happening from long before, so now some of these things were carrying on people's lives. But then as it was coming to light, it was being corrected. So he said, I was punishing a slave of mine. And Nabi Islam, suddenly I hear somebody shouting from behind, somebody calling out from behind. And saying, I'lam Aba Mas'ud, Lallahu aqdaru alayka minka alayhi. Subhanallah, this very very concise and short line, even it's the construction in terms of balagha and it's the eloquence in it there's so much of detail in how much of balagha is in this particular line in this one line just these zamair that are there nevertheless the, the point here is Nabi Sallallahu addressed him and said to him I'lam Aba Mas'ud O Abu Mas'ud know well know well what? Lallahu aqdaru alayka minka alay Allah has more power over you than you have over Him. Allah has more power over you than you have over Him. You are in authority at the moment. You have some power there. So you are using it and you are abusing it. Remember Allah has more power over you. You are taking Him to task for something maybe small and you went beyond the limit. Allah can take you to task now. Allah has more power over you. He turned around and he sees his Rasulullah he immediately responded to this. He said, I freed him for the pleasure of Allah. Ta'ala. It was a very big thing at that time. He says, you have made amends now. Had this not been the case, this would have become a big problem for you. Now this is a very great treatment that a person embeds this in his heart. And whenever this situation comes up, where he's now wanting to vent his anger on somebody, especially the people that are weaker than him, wife, sometimes children, sometimes somebody, employee, some other situation. If something has to be corrected, it has to be corrected. But what we are talking about is venting anger. And in that anger now, a person is saying demeaning things, humiliating things, hurtful things. 
and then sometimes it goes beyond that uh, he's upset with his wife about something so now he's speaking out the faults of her father now he's speaking out the faults of her mother so what did they do to him and is that something he would like to hear from somebody about himself put himself in that shoes supposing Allah forbid that there is some weakness problem on the side of his parents they're all insan and now somebody is telling him about the weakness of his parents he feel good about it so this too is also another very important treatment now this is also something very very effective to repeat to ourselves Allahu akbaru alayk min whenever this kind of thing seems to be now welling up to remind ourselves Allahu akbaru alayk min Allah is more power over you so watch your tongue watch your actions beware of how you say it what you say and just as this is also a very very effective treatment for anger etc another very important treatment another very effective treatment is the hadith where Rasulullah says it لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه now these are not things that will come by just merely as over and over again we are saying just for this getting into the academic details of it hearing about it once twice and feel it's done no, this requires repeated reflection repeated reflection giving time to thinking over it pondering meditating over it reminding ourselves over and over again Nabi Islam says you are not a believer until you love for your fellow Muslim what you love for yourself what you love for your fellow Muslim what you love for yourself one explanation of this simple explanation that has been given by the Muhaddisin is put yourself in the shoes of the other person and then think what you would like for yourself so now meaning the situation that that person is in right now put yourself in that shoes and then think what I would like for myself now so often you say no this person needs to learn this lesson very well now put ourselves in the shoes of that person and we were in the same situation and now somebody is teaching us the lesson how we want to teach it everybody needs to learn a lesson we all need to learn a lesson but the way we want to teach it is another matter how we want to go about teaching a lesson is not just teaching a lesson but breaking somebody down breaking their spirit breaking their hopes crushing their emotions now that's not the way that we have been we would like to be treated that's not what we would like to hear so that is also something a very very effective thing to be pondering over to think about it to reflect over it and when we end now we are insan we'll sometimes end up doing something then we'll realize I shouldn't have done it surround and replay the whole thing in our mind with ourselves being on the receiving end whatever we said now Somebody is saying it to us. Imagine this whole scene. I am being told the same things that I said to somebody. In the same manner. And then think about how I feel. In fact one, this is, just somebody had written something 
as a advice that a person who has an anger problem so now when people have an anger problem now the person when he's venting so he's venting then now his expressions change his gestures change all things become very very different but the thing is at that time obviously others are observing only what's going on he can't see himself what's going on what his expressions are how he's looking at that time how his gestures are that everybody else is watching he can't see anything you see now in order to now treat this and come to become conscious of it sometimes and alone do the same thing in front of the mirror see he might see a very very ugly picture it might shock him if he can bring up the same those same expressions he might get shocked what he looks like at that time and how he appears to at that time the kind of gestures he is making what he is doing so do it privately in front of the mirror make sure the door is closed somebody doesn't stumble on him at that time see what he is up to they might make an emergency appointment <laughs> so somebody is just some, somebody some counselor was giving some advice to someone something some sensible advice because it helps a person to realize it helps a person to come to terms to understand that it's not just well something was done and it's over it has so many things and so many repercussions also and then at the same time what does he make himself of how does he look at that time he degrades himself in society among people because of the way he conducted himself Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq Allah Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of bringing in our life all these great lessons of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and grant us complete Islam tazkiyah with afiyat Allah Ta'ala make us among his pure servants whose hearts are clean whose hearts are purified whose actions are purified this is what tazkiyah is all about purification internal external purification we should be constantly making dua for this as well and making an effort as well Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين سبحان الله بحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت